Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Selah Leaders Podcast. We are on episode number nine, and I am so excited that you chose to be with us today. I've got my good friend Darren with us in the house. What's Come up, on. man? Not much. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy that we're already through episode nine. It's it feels like just yesterday we kind of started this, and you know now we're we're yeah we're up to episode nine, and it's really exciting because I think there's some great leadership nuggets that we've brought throughout this first season of the Sailor Leaders Podcast. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been it's been cool. We've got great feedback from from people from uh, business leaders and even church leaders who are tuning in and kind of getting a feel of uh, what it looks like to live as a rested leader. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about burnout and frustration. We think an antidote for this is rest. That like when we rest, when we prioritize the, those things, it makes such a big difference in our life. And our hope is that this creates conversations yeah. um, between you and people on your team and uh, the leaders that you lead. Because as we've talked about many times, uh, if you have people that follow you, in any capacity, you're a leader. And when you have the role of a leader, you have responsibility. And with that responsibility, you get to leverage it and steward it. And it's such a wonderful gift that we've been blessed with to be able to lead, but to also um, have the opportunity to create conversations and dialogue within the people we lead yeah. is one of the healthiest ways that we get to lead them. Yeah, come on. And that's I, I love the fact that one of the things I think that is is so important about just leadership in general is um, being able to take your own personal stories, being able to take your own testimony and and utilize the things that you've learned, you know, over the course of uh, years, uh, decades in some cases, um, but really to to allow other people to take them alongside the journey with you. Um, and I think that's something that you've always stewarded really well um, mm-hmm. in the time that, that we have have been working together. And um, yeah, I think today I'm really excited to talk through, you know, kind of today's topic, uh, yeah. talking about, you know, being graced for this. And yeah. uh, there's so much to unpack in this. So why don't you take us through kind of the thought process that you had in, in this particular topic and, yeah. you know, what leaders are struggling with? Well, like my end goal for a leader is that you wake up in the morning and are able to say, I was made for this. Mm. Like that's the, that is a healthy place to live. Now it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're not going through difficulties, yeah. right? Like we are in a very, I'm in a unique season in our organization, uh, in our church and in the, uh, I've run a nonprofit outside of that. Right. Uh, apparently we're starting other companies now, you know, uh, <laughs> there's a few things, a yeah. few things rolling. I told my wife the other night, I was like, I'm starting another business. And she was like another one, you know, <laughs> that, but that's, I mean, that's pretty normal yeah. for me, but like, even though there's so much pressure and so much weight, ton of things to do right now, I'm waking up in the morning going, man, I was made for this. Right. Like this is what I was made for. And it's because I'm living within what we call a grace lane. And uh, this kind of concept uh, was something that we kind of began developing and talking about mm-hmm. a lot uh, in 2020 because we weren't doing it well. Right. 
And so, I mean, maybe this is just a leadership nugget for you, but a lot of the healthy things that you'll develop and implement in your organization come from places of unhealth at some point. Yeah. Just because you do it wrong in one season doesn't mean you can't get it right in the next. And so uh, we had never navigated a pandemic. And so in 2020, when we started going through a pandemic leading an organization at that time, I just, I went all hands on deck. And not that I wasn't before. I was leading our church. I was leading people. But there were a lot of things that I had delegated or passed off that I could no longer not have my hands in. Mm -hmm. Because everything was uncharted waters. And so I put my hands in everything. I was all in the admin. I was all in the... Um, pastoral care side of our church. And, and and what happened is over a really short period of time, because I was doing so many things, um, I realized like, man, I am, I am exhausted. Yeah. It would be to the point where um, in that season I was writing six pieces of content a day. We were filming church yep. online, which some people thought was easier no, no, it no. is so much harder yeah. because on I, I don't have to get a whole team of people there. I don't have to have it recorded, right. which when you record something like even this, if I were to mess up right now, we can just hit pause and start over. Right. Uh, we typically don't because it's unfiltered. You yeah. know, we, there's no reason to. No. The only time we cut it is when like a dog busts in the room. <laughs> right. It um, has happened. Yeah, it has it ha- happened. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Um, but there's just so much more more elements involved in it. And I remember like I would be like, okay, look, if I just if today if I could just take a nap, it'd be fine. And it was not it was not fine. Yeah. At all. I was getting really exhausted. And so I started looking at everything that I was doing and I realized that I was doing so many things that I'm not gifted to do. Mm. And in that season I learned that exhaustion is a result from doing things that you're not graced to do. Yeah. Because when I'm graced to do something, and this is what First Peter teaches us, is that God has given uh, various gifts of grace to the people inside the body, right. to his children. He's given them different things. He's graced them for different things. And when God has graced me for something, it's not exhausting. It's life-giving. Yeah. But when I do things I'm not graced to do, I get exhausted. Yeah. And so in that season specifically, like I'll tell you, I'm not an admin guy. Yeah. Uh, ad- administrative things are not high on my gift um, repertoire. Yeah. And so when I do heavy admin stuff, if you make me do a spreadsheet, if, if you're a spreadsheet person, like, you know, like you batch out spreadsheets in like three minutes. That sucker will take me three days. Yeah. And it will it will feel like a dentist office trip uh, by the time I'm done with it. Like it will be that taxing yeah. uh, on on my body. And and so but it's because that's not what I'm graced for. And so I think a lot of times when we're exhausted as leaders, the primary contributing factor is that there are things we're doing that we're not graced to do. Mm. I love that, um, just the concept of the grace lane, because I I mean, and that really resonates with me because I've gone through a lot of different seasons over the course of the last 
year especially, but I mean, I, I think I've gone through a lot of different seasons where um, I've been doing things that, you know, I know I'm, I'm naturally graced by God to do. And then I go through other seasons where it's like, yeah, this is, this is not my strength. This is not my strong suit. So what would you say is, you know, how would you identify what you are graced for? Yeah. So I'm a pastor. I'm going to give you four P's because <laughs> uh, that's typically how, you know, preachers do it. The, the first way that you identify your grace lane is through personality. Mm. Um, so personality plays a big role in it. Um, we always tell people when we talk about God designing you uniquely that you're weird on purpose. Yeah, that's good. You know, like I used to think that my quirks and my weirdness was was like, uh, you know, uh, it was debilitating or something that held me back. It was a hindrance, but it's not. Mm. God, God made me this way for a specific reason. And so when he designed me with the gifts he gave me, and the personality I have. He knew those things. Right. Now, personality is never an excuse to sin or to walk over people or anything like that. But you've got to, if you want to figure out what your grace to do, you've got to figure out how you are uniquely wired and designed. Yeah. And so learning your personality, learning how you're wired is so important. And there's a couple, I mean, there's there's definitely a ton of different assessments yep. that you can do for that. One of my favorite is um, the uh, 16 personalities mm-hmm. test, Myers-Briggs. Yep. Um, love that because it's, it's time-tested, right? There's always, every couple years, there's a new, you know, are you a penguin, a turtle, or a pheasant, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, there's new uh, assessments <laughs> yeah. that, that come out. Myers-Briggs has been around for a long time. Long time. Um, yeah. Tried and true. Tons of resources. Because yeah. what you don't need is you don't need to do an assessment that's like, you're the color blue, and there's like one blog article written about it that right. doesn't really give you any information on what's going on. So Myers-Briggs is great. Uh, Clifton Strengths Finders Clifton Strengths, yep. is great. Uh, what I love about the Strengths Finder uh, assessment as well is um, the people who run that organization are believers. Right. They wrote a book called Living Your Strengths. Yep. Um, and if you instead of buying the code for that assessment, uh, we buy the book all the time for people because it comes with, comes with a code, code yep. for the assessment. Um, you need to learn that uh, disc learning your personality yeah um that's used a lot in the business world we even use it inside of our church Mm -hmm. uh in what we call discover um and so those are like some assessments and and the best thing about an assessment is it's just designed to help you figure out how you are uniquely wired and when you can figure out your unique wiring that's when you begin to live in your grace lane so for an example um i'll give you something out of each one of those three Mm -hmm. personality assessments really quick um in the strengths finder assessment um my one of my number one strengths is strategic thinking or strategic Mm -hmm. planning um 
a lot of what I do inside of our organization, whether it's Propel Church or Selah Leaders or anything else that I have my hands in, is creative problem solving. Right. Is seeing gaps and seeing things that that not many people are going to be able to do. It's high strategy and it's like playing chess. Yeah. And I love it. It brings me life. I actually love problems. Problems don't tend to stress me out. Um, they they excite me because I get to dream up and figure out how to fix it. Come on, that's good. Um, yeah. It's my grace lane. Right. For some people, you bring them two, three problems, and they're like, they've crumbled. The world is ending. You know, like, um, <laughs> Jesus returned today because I'm not making it. Yeah. That's not me. Right. And so, but I'm graced for that. Um, in uh, my Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENTP, um, which means uh, I am highly uh, uh, analytical, mm-hmm. uh, as well as I love to debate. So, again, in our organization, um, we're building a facility, and uh, I was talking with uh, one of our engineers the other day and we walked out of uh, a meeting and they said, you are one of the best negotiators I have ever come across. But, but it's, it's my grace lane. Right. I don't mind sitting in a room and telling you, I don't like your pricing on something right? or, or negotiating or arguing, yeah. debating. Yeah. It's my grace lane yeah. disc. Uh, I'm an I slash D I being, uh, influential and one of the things in that personality type is it talks about how an, an I slash D will use their influence to help people get on mission for a specific cause. And I use that every week within our organization. Yep. And so personality plays a big role uh, in it when you look at figuring out what your grace lane is. Yep. And then the second thing is that... Um, People. So people confirm what your grace so lane true. is. Yeah. I just had a meeting two days ago with uh, the executive team in our church. And uh, about 30 days ago, I asked them to come to the meeting with what they think my top three strengths are. And the reason I did it is not because I needed a pat on the back. It's because I've spent the last three years in our church getting our church to the place where it could function without me, where leadership was not dependent on me, yeah. wasn't bottlenecked on a singular individual. And now I've put people in positions where they get to live out their strengths. Yeah. I'm an individual that can function pretty much anywhere you put me, unless you put me in admin. Um, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Not admin. Yeah. But if you can, you, pretty much I can, I can go wherever. Right. Um, but in the next season of our church, I know that I need to do more of what I'm graced for. Yeah. So let's talk about what those strengths are and get those out and figure out how do we not build a cookie cutter organization where the lead guy does this, 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 and this. Yep. But instead, we go, this is how God has graced me as the leader of this organization. And then how do we build everything around that right um not so that it's dependent on me but so that i get to live out what my design is inside the body of christ yeah and so we had that conversation so i think you've got friends you've got family members co-workers that you get to ask hey what do you think that i do that i thrive at right what do you think i'm graced for what strengths do you see? What things 
exhaust you, but give life to me. And when you begin to identify those things through the community that you're in, um, it's really powerful. Yeah. And I think one of the things to like, just thinking through those first two P's, you recognize the things that are in your personality, whether through, you know, the different tests like Clifton strengths, we talked about disc and otherwise, but I think the other side of that too is sometimes you need confirmation of that. You need to hear it from other people and there's nobody to there's nobody better to hear it from than the people that you've immediately put around you on your team as well as your family. So I I absolutely love that point. Yeah. Well, and people too can confirm whether you're actually good at those things or not. Like, and we'll talk about that a little more in a second, but I remember there was one time I took a spiritual gifts test and on it, it said I had the gift of mercy (laughs) and I asked my wife and she busted out laughing (laughs) (laughs) and she was like, no, that's, that's actually not you. You lied on whatever those questions were. <laughs> but but I can get offended at that. But in reality, like she knows me better than, than I'd say anybody. Right. And so the people around you play a big role in you identifying what those, those things are. And the third one is prayer. Hmm. So listen, if you want to figure out what your grace to do, ask the Lord. Yeah. This is what being, we, we've told you from the beginning, this is not just a leadership podcast, it's a biblical leadership podcast. We value our relationship with the Lord. That's right. And God wants you to, he's the one that designed you for this. Yep. He designed you and built you to live out a specific calling and purpose in your life. And so God has graced you specifically for things he wants you to live out those right, things. Right. He wants you to live out the way he designed you because that's when you get to live in complete alignment with God's will for your life. That's right. So pray about it. Yeah. Like, and maybe, maybe you're exhausted right now as a leader and you know you're doing things you're not graced to do. And, and, and the thought of like just doing what you're graced to do doesn't seem like a reality. Yeah. My prayer in that, in the 2020 season was not Lord, help me build the right ecosystem where I get to just do what I'm graced at. It was Lord, what needs to come off my plate now? Yeah. What needs to come off my plate next? Yeah. Who do I need to give it to? Yeah. Who is graced for the thing that is killing me right now? I love that. I love that so much. And I think one of the things too, that I just want to make note of, because one of the things I actually heard you say recently, um, that, you know, there's, there's leaders who are sitting here going, Hey, that sounds really good, but I'm not in a state where I know what that looks like yet. And, uh, I heard you say this past weekend and I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, but when you get out of bed in the morning, you know, acknowledge to God, God, you know, the end, you know, the beginning. I just pray that whatever my next step might be, that you would point my feet in the right direction. Yeah. And I think that's so critical because, you know, we, we don't know what's coming next. You know, yeah. we may think we do at times, but the reality of it is, is that at any moment God could go, yeah, it's not going to happen the way you thought it was. Right. And so we need to recognize that God is our leader. God is the one who is, is putting every foot in front of the other one we trust and rely on him. So lean into that and, and recognize that. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, you know, when you, I mean, Scripture's clear. When you search for Him wholeheartedly, you find Him. Yeah, come on. And as unfortunate as it is, there is nothing quite like searching for God in the midst of exhaustion. Yeah. And I think sometimes God brings you and I to the place um, 
where he's all that we have so that we realize he's all we need. Yeah. And if you're exhausted and you're tired watching this, know that this might feel like a lot of daunting work ahead of you, but it is the most life-giving and rewarding thing. No question. And I don't sit here and say it as somebody who has it figured out. Like, I was exhausted. I've been exhausted in the past and I can literally say in ministry now, I love what I get to do. Yeah. I would do this for the rest of my life. I went on a 30-day sabbatical where I was gone from our church, and, and I, my wife and I were talking, and she was like, what was the like hardest part? Hardest part was I couldn't be like at our church, yeah. not doing anything. I, would, I love our organization so much, I would sit on the front row every single week. Because I love the people, yeah. I couldn't have, I couldn't say that right. years ago, right? And but what changed is I started thinking like, would I attend this place if I didn't work here? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, you get to fix that later. <laughs> like you get to be part of that <laughs> yeah. and change that dynamic. Yeah. And so we've talked about three things, right? Personality, uh, people, prayer, and the fourth thing is what's proven. Mm what's proven if you're graced for something it should work yeah i think sometimes where we get really especially like so i'm a lead pastor Mm -hmm. right um if i got into a room with 12 pastors right now and said what are you really good at 95 percent of them would say i'm really good at preaching or teaching (laughs) yep in reality it might be one or two of them Mm. But it's because we've become conditioned to think that the only way we can be successful is if we have the giftings of successful people. Mm. So we look at the pastor who pastors a big church and go, he teaches great. So in order for me to have a healthy church, a thriving church, I have to be the best teacher. Mm. And I would just say... That's not how the body works. Yeah, no. You've got to figure out what you're uniquely gifted to do. And I actually meet very few people that are gifted in teaching. A lot of people can operate in the gift, but it doesn't mean that that's your grace lane, that you should be focused on nothing but teaching or like that's your main thing. Um, you got to figure out what that is. But the results speak for themselves. Yeah. It's proven. Yeah. It's the stuff that you do that people are like, I don't know how you do it like that. Yeah. I don't know how you do that so well. That's the stuff you're graced to do. And nine times out of ten, it's the stuff that you neglect because it comes so natural to you. Mm. And I would just say you've got to identify what are those proven things, and that helps you really narrow in the focus of your grace lane. And when you narrow in the focus of your grace lane, here's what's beautiful about it. You get to figure out the unique design that you play in the body of Christ. And unity comes from not feeling like you're in competition with other people. Yeah, that's right. The only way the body of Christ works is, according to Scripture, that each part plays its role. Yep. When we're fighting for roles, when we're fighting for positions, we're fighting for top spots, then none of us win. Right. The body's divided. Right. But when we go, this is my lane. This is what I'm uniquely gifted in. 
that's when we begin to thrive. And so I would just challenge you, um, healthy leaders build teams that cover their weaknesses. That's really good. That's what, if you want to know what you as a leader should spend time focusing on, is you should spend time building a team that covers your weaknesses. Yep. And if you're a leader who serves under a leader, uh, here's what I w- want to make sure you hear me say. The weaknesses of your leader are meant to be covered, not exploited. Yeah. Sometimes when we sit under a leader, we get to the place where we start exploiting yeah. our leader's weaknesses because we feel like if we exploit them, then we get promotion. Promotion through dishonest gain never lasts. Mm, so true. Right? When we have a leader, we cover their weaknesses. Right. That's part of our role as being part of whatever team that we're on. And so I would just encourage you, if you're under a leader, you are covering their weakness. Make up for those things. Yeah. You want to see what promotion looks like? Torment the things that torment your leader. Cover the weaknesses that they have. Come on. Go after the stuff that they're not good at, but you wish they would do. And the reason why you wish they would do it is because you're graced for it, but you just live frustrated with right. them. Like the best way to grow is to serve. Yeah, that's exactly And that's right. what leadership is all about. Yeah. And so if you're a leader serving under a leader, make sure you're covering the weaknesses of your leader. If you're the leader that has the ability to build the team, make sure you're building it not just with people who are good at the things you're good at. Build it with people who can do the things you're not good at yeah that make up for your weaknesses um i think sometimes we we try and and just bring people along the journey that are good at what we're good at because it is what we can find commonality in the fastest and for a lot of leaders they're lonely so their first goal is friendship right well like let me build a friend if you'll make the thing that you are connected to not task or personality based but mission driven Mm. you'll find longer lasting relationships yeah because then it's not based on them being like you i can actually celebrate the fact that the people i have around me are not like me at all if they were like me in all honesty i'd get tired of them that wouldn't work for me um but they're different. Right. And God has uniquely placed them in my life so that I can help raise up the gifts that they have. And when I raise up the gifts they have, what I find is that their strengths actually cover my weaknesses. Yeah, that's and, good. And when I let that take place, that's where the body thrives. Yeah, so good. And I think, um, you know, one of the things I was just thinking about is is you don't want people who who mirror you or yeah. replicate you. You want people that compliment you. Yeah. You want people that, that know your heart and, and can carry your heart well, but at the same time, they you want them to be people that are complimenting you. They know where those gaps are, and they're picking up and, and making sure that the gap is filled because that's ultimately the type of people you want to surround you. So I absolutely love that. That's so good, man. Yeah. So, so good. we're at that point of the week where we hit our leader-submitted question. Come on. And this week's question comes from Nicole, and she wants to know, what are your top five books for leaders to read? I love it. Okay, top five. Uh, number one would be The Proving Ground 2.0 by mm. Kevin Gerald. Um, sometimes it's hard to get on Amazon. If it is, just reach out to their church directly, yeah. and then they ship them out. Um, 
They're great. Phenomenal. Um, 2.0. He wrote one years ago. 2.0 is just the updated version of it. Um, the second one would be A Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards. Mm. It is all on honor. Mm. And I think it is honor is one of the most undervalued principles that leaders have. You don't know the value of honor till you live in it. Yeah. And then once you do, it opens so many doors uh, for you. The third book would be called Leadership Pain by Dr. Sam Chan. Um, it is really good because uh, sometimes we buy into a lie that leadership is not painful, hmm. but it is. Yeah. So we learn how to navigate through that um, in a really healthy way. Uh, Leading on Empty hmm. by Wayne Cordero um, is an incredible book um, that talks about really not just uh, what it feels like to feel empty, but what do you do when you're empty and you still have the responsibility of leading forward? Wow, and good. so it's an amazing book. I recommend it to every leader. And the last one would just be a fun one. Um, it's called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. He was an FBI hostage negotiator, mm. and uh, it is all on the art of negotiation. And uh, it's it's a it's one of my favorite ones. Um, I love it so much. So top five leadership books. I'll give you those. Cool. There you have it. Top five leadership books. All right. So we're at the end of our episode this week. Any parting thoughts for us as we head out? No, I'm good. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode number nine of the Sale Out Leaders podcast. Be sure to drop a like, a comment. Yeah. You can submit your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Share this with a friend. And we'll see you soon. Hey, thanks so much for checking out this month's episode of the Sale Out Leaders podcast. Darren and I are so grateful that yeah. you chose to spend some time with us today to check it out. But do us a favor. Be sure to hit the like button, yep. subscribe, comment, share it with a friend, family, or another leader in your life. It would truly make a huge difference. Yeah, and if you'd like more information, jump over to saylawleaders.com.